Welcome to the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast brought to you by Break of Day Capital. The show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems and manage their properties more efficiently to become a best-in-class operator. 100% straight talk. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Asset Management Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery, where we have a great community of thousands of like-minded individuals sharing resources and best practices. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz, and we'll start the conversation. Today on the podcast, I have Robert Ritzenthaler. Robert has an MBA, a CPA, and grew up in the construction business, which are all great skills to have in this business. He's been in the industry for over 20 years and has led a vertically integrated company. Welcome to the show, Robert. Can you tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself? Thanks, Harry. Appreciate you having me. Great to be here, as always. And yeah, that's a great intro. I kind of grew up in the construction business, actually. Ironically enough, my dad was a home builder, so I got started sweeping floors and kind of moved up from there, did all kinds of cool stuff, and never really thought that I'd make use of it, honestly. (laughs) Went to school, got my finance degree, and moved to New York City and actually joined a company there that was growing, did multifamily, office space, a lot of cool stuff. I helped them kind of build out their construction division at the time. And, you know, New York City is a great sandbox to play in, I'll tell you that much. But yes, yeah, so that's kind of how I got started in the industry. Did that for a number of years on the corporate side. And then about four years ago, started RDM. And here we are today. So Awesome. Awesome. Great background. Because, you know, so many people have been, you know, diving into this industry in the last few years. And without that background, which is so critical, it, it puts you way ahead of, you know, almost everyone in the industry. Yeah. So today that's we're actually, going to talk. Say, that's actually one of the reasons that we kind of felt like there was a need because, you know, it's like coming from the corporate side, you deal with the pension funds and the big money guys. And of course, you have lots of experience. And then you kind of have this new group of industry players with a little less experience, kind of coming a lot of guys from the fix and flip model. And, you know, obviously that works great. But I kind of felt like there was a bit of a niche that was a little underserved, which was, you know, do the mom and pop. Well, I shouldn't say the mom, but I do the smaller investor, give them an opportunity, but provide that kind of corporate experience. And that's really what we've been trying to do. And I think a lot of people resonate with that, which has been awesome. Yeah, absolutely. You get a regular investor to have experts like yourself manage their investments and without the ridiculous fees of, let's say, a REIT. Right, right. um, Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, that's definitely a huge separator from other operators. Yeah, I think it helps. Yeah. Let's jump into resident retention, which is so important. You know, it's cut down on turnover costs. You know, typically, you know, when you take over a property, you know, there's some value add component. So I'm curious what your target percentage you're looking for to retain at takeover and how does that change once you get to stabilization? Yeah, it's a good question. Of course, that really depends on the property. 
some deals we go into, as I'm sure, you know, you probably the same boat where, you know, it's like, you know, you're probably going to get rid of 70, 80% of the people that, you know, I don't mean to be mean or anything, but it's just, I mean, it's one of those things where the profile is due for a change. And again, if it's an area that's already, you know, good to go, then that's not an issue. But, you know, we tend to also pick off opportunities where we feel like there's just been years of partially mismanagement, partly just the neighborhood is changing. We just did a deal recently where, you know, we probably moved out 70% of the folks. But I mean, a lot of those people were drug dealers and all kinds of other good stuff. (laughs) So, you know, that's important. I mean, reprofiling the property is a big part of improving the safety and, you know, living standards for the good people that are there. And so that's a big portion of it. But I'd say if it's not that situation, you know, maybe 10, maybe 20% turnover. I think part of that is because a lot of times when you go in there, even if you're bringing your markets up to rent, a lot of people just say, hey, this is not fair. And they leave and then they go pay the same amount of money and they realize it wasn't a big deal. But it's a little bit of a psychological thing. So we have a little bit of that. And, you know, that's just part of life. But I mean, at the end of the day, despite this affordability challenge that we all face, I think people realize that we need investment in these properties because the cost of building new is, you know, two to three times. So for somebody to come in and do five or $10,000 a door is actually a really good service to the community. And, you know, you can't do it for free. You have to pay for it. (laughs) So, you know, but that's part of the business plan. I think in the long run, people realize that and they're okay with it. But anyway, to answer your question, that's kind of the range that we typically work with. So. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people, you know, want to stay or, you know, maybe, you know, that you split the difference of, you know, where the market rent is, you know, for them to stay because they're getting, you know, typically an owner has neglected that property over the years that, you know, there's there's a ton of, you know, work orders that need to be done. Property probably needs paint, landscaping, stuff like that. that, And like you said, kicking out some of the bad residents, you're greatly improving the property. There's going to be a cost to that, but you know, now these people can stay and pay the rent bump for a much, much nicer property and still probably receiving some kind of discount for that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And to your point, we typically take the approach that let's just take a couple of years to do this, which means that, hey, if somebody's willing to stay in the property and take, you know, 50% or whatever it is, kind of take a smaller bump, we keep them in. And, you know, sometimes at the end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, if you're 90%, what we're pushing the new folks in, that's fine. You're a good resident. You pay your bills on time. We're happy. We'll keep you, you know, I mean, it's not a machine. There's still people involved and we care about our people. So absolutely, there is some subjectivity to that. And we always make, I don't know if I'd call it an exception, but, you know, we always kind of make an exception for really good folks because, at the end of the day, we all know turnovers are number one cost. So obviously, there's a value to somebody staying in the property. And if they're a good resident, and they're willing to get close to what we need, then great. We're happy to keep them. So yeah, you know, there's a win-win there for sure. So you know, after you stabilize a property, you know, what are some of the most effective ways that you use to increase retention at your properties? So number one, of course, is just handling the work orders in a much more efficient and well, not even just efficient, just good communication. It's amazing. Just good communication right off the bat is such a difference. Now, obviously, you have to back that up with performance, but it's amazing how you could literally do the same exact job, but communicate well and people are happy. So what we've done is we've set up a system where on most of our properties, people get a call back within a day or two to say, hey, did the work get done? Are you happy with it? Is there anything we need to do to follow up? And just having that simple feedback 
gives people the comfort level. Hey, you actually care about me. You want to make sure that it's done right, et cetera. And I think that helps out a tremendous amount. The other thing, which is even easier than that, is just making sure that we listen to the people and actually do something as opposed to here, send it to an email and who knows if we get to it. So I think there's kind of a combination of performance plus good communication. That is by and large the biggest effect on that, you know, overall satisfaction ratio or rate, whatever you want to call it. The second thing really comes down to safety. And that's why I say that whole kind of resonant profiling issue is a big deal because people don't want to be worried about walking through the parking lot and getting mugged or shot or whatever. You know, they want a safe place to live. So, you know, the zero tolerance policy plus making sure that we have security if needed, making sure that we have good lighting, things of that nature really make a tremendous difference with resident retention. They see it, they feel it. And then the third thing, which, you know, I know a lot of us focus on because it's curb appeal, but to some degree, the third thing is just doing things around the complex, whether it's, you know, fix the curbing, fix the parking lot, you know, make it look nicer, that helps too. But it's definitely a distant third to some of those more basic structural issues, I would say. Yeah, I love it. But particularly that good communication piece, and that, that applies to anything in life. It, it's yeah. very simple to do. It doesn't cost you anything, right. but it goes miles that, you know? Absolutely. Yep. No, you're, and it's like you said, it, there's no cost to it. It's just a decision that you have to make. And we actually spend a fair amount of time training our folks because even the best of them, they come from organizations where it's not emphasized as much as we'd like it to. And so we spend a lot of time just saying, guys, listen, this is how you have to think. You're a customer service rep almost. <laughs> You know, you're not just here to take work orders and get them done. You have to learn how to essentially manage that process and keep people happy. And it's just really amazing when that happens, because then, you know, you're able to go back to somebody and you're able to actually get them to pay $150 rent bump and they're happy about it. Whereas if you don't communicate, you know, they just kind of feel like, oh, this isn't fair. Why are you doing this to me? So there's a whole host of issues that get sort of pushed out of the way when you communicate well. So, yeah, they know they're going to dress and not going to leave a bad review. You know, right. that's what happens when, they're, like you said, not getting listened to. That's when they take action against you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And we don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> what has been one of your most challenging obstacles you've had as far, you know, to overcome, you know, a retention problem on one of your properties? I would say probably past management issues that have just led to years and years of deferred maintenance. I mean, that is the most challenging situation because you can't empty the place out and start over just from a cash flow perspective. So going through and trying to bite off one piece at a time, it's a tough slog when you have those really challenging situations. We're just now kind of exiting that phase at a property that we took over. And man, it was tough because you literally walk into every single unit and you're just like, wow, we got to fix that and that and that and that. And, you know, you can't do it all in a day. And especially with the last two years of COVID and people not working, trying to get people to come out to do the job and stay on the job. I mean, it was a big challenge. I'll tell you that much. You just have to be persistent. You got to push, push, push every day. You know, and at the end of the day, yeah, things change. Not always as fast as we want them to. They get done and people slowly start to change their attitude. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have a bonus structure around retention? And if so, what does that look like? Absolutely, we do. Yeah. So we try to be careful about, you know, obviously not overweighting it towards retention versus new. 
some properties, like I said, some properties we really want to make, you know, hey, we got to reprofile this. So that's our focus. So we do adjust our bonus structure based on each property individually, but absolutely. So we kind of incentivize our folks basically to try to make them to make the best business decision for the property. And we say, hey, listen, if you keep somebody in there, great. If it's a paying resident and they've got a good track record, keep them in there. We usually set a threshold of where we want that renewal rent to be so that, again, everybody's on the same page. And then same thing on the new rents. We say, hey, if you hit a certain number, then that'll go into your bonus pool at the end of the day. Again, it's each property is a little bit different and each manager is a little bit different. And again, we try to tweak it to make sure that it's based on the level of difficulty of that particular property too. Because you know we understand, hey, some deals are more difficult than others. But yeah, it's I don't want to say that it's overly complicated, but it is fairly nuanced. And it's something that has taken you know, 10, 15 years to put together. I mean, it's simple at this point to, you know, for us, but if you actually look at all the different variables in there, there's quite a few <laughs> that we use. But like I said, in general, it's more based on, hey, if we want to do more renewals, we'll weight it a little bit more that way. If we want to do more retention, we'll weight it that way. Then we have a threshold of, okay, what qualifies as a bonus event? You know, if you feel like you need to go below that, you got to get approval, et cetera, that kind of thing. But that's the general gist of it. Awesome. And the last question I ask all the people that come on our show, what is your asset management superpower? That's a good question. So I think probably, I don't know if this is redundant, but I feel like probably the biggest superpower is just really digging into the operations and not being intimidated by the, for lack of a better term, the toilets and you know things like that. I say that only because when I was in New York City growing up in the business, the property management folks would always laugh at me because I was supposedly this finance guy. And yet I was up on the roof asking questions about the chillers and why we needed this. And you know they're always looking at me like, dude, why are you up here? But I think if you're a good asset manager, you really have to dig into those operational things because that's where the rubber meets the road. And if you really understand how it all comes together, you could bring a tremendous amount of value both to the property, but even your team. So that's something that I encourage our folks to really be astute in is understanding the combination of, you know, the operations component in that asset management. And, you know, some of it takes time, but if you ask good questions and you have a curious mind, it's amazing what you can learn and the value that you can bring in that department. And I think it's overlooked because we typically think, okay, well, you're doing numbers, you're over here and you're kind of checking up on property management. But let's be honest, property managers their folk, at least you know, in our organization, their primary goal is shaking hands, kissing babies, getting money in the door, you know, keeping people happy. I mean, that is their goal. So they're not always going to take the time to understand, hey, you know, let's invest in some new HVAC units and what does that look like and what's our ROI? And you know, there's just a lot of things that go into that. So I think the operations component for us is kind of our superpower to be able to dig into that and really create some additional opportunities on the ROI. So. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you, Robert, for coming on the show and adding value on resident retention. On Monday, on all my property calls, I'm going to go circle back on how quickly they respond on those work orders. Because I feel like as an asset manager, I've taken that for granted. So I appreciate that golden nugget. And so uh, tell our listeners where they can find out more about you. Sure. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, our website's pretty easy, rmcapital.com. And feel free to reach out to me directly, Robert at RM Capital. Any questions? Happy to chat and tell you more about what we do. But yeah, pleasure to be on here, Gary. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh.
Thank you. This is Gary Lipsky signing off, and I'll be back next week with another informative episode on Real Estate Asset Management Podcast. Thank you. To all of our listeners, thanks for joining us. And if you like this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher and like, subscribe, and review this podcast as it will help us grow our audience and reach more people. And if you'd like to learn more about what we do at Break of Day Capital, head over to our website, breakofdaycapital.com, and sign up for our newsletter and or fill out our investor application. We'll talk to you next week. 